0: Nickers. Bernard pulls the trigger. This is a brand. Nickers is a brand.
1: Allen Houston. Lord. Once the neck, always the neck. up the go. Rebound. By. Hey everyone, good morning and welcome to the Nickish Cup of Coffee. This is the morning show of the Nickish Show. Uh, It's a beautiful day, October 7th, and it's even more beautiful if you're an LA Lakers fan, especially after they go up 3-1, but we're here to talk about that and a little bit of Nick's news. Uh, My name is Mo, one of the hosts and founders of the Nickish Show, and alongside Nafi, who is also founder of the Nickish Show.
0: What's going on, man? How you doing? How you feeling this morning? Tired, bro, but hey, if it comes with territory. We out here to put out content bright and early. Um, I know you and I both got long days ahead. Aside from our what our podcast or Nickish content lined up, but yeah. With that being said, let's get it on this crisp fall autumn morning. Talk mm-hmm. about game, game three or not game four last night, right? Lakers up three one. Miami yep. got LA right where they want them, right? Or is that is that mm-hmm. the, is yep. that not the main takeaway? Would you would you what, would you see from last night, and no? what are your thoughts on what just like the series right now?
1: I mean, what we're seeing right now is a Miami Heat team that's gritty. We didn't see it in games one and two. We saw in game three they were coming out. They came out ready to play, and uh, they have a leader who is extremely underrated, and uh, in, in Jimmy Butler. And from what we're, see, what we're seeing is a, a squad right now who are playing above what was expected. Jimmy Butler came out and dropped a nice stat line of nice. 22, you 10, and 9.
0: It already. Come on now. Give, give Jimmy I a mean, two props. 22, legendary. I mean, 22, 22,
1: hold on, hold on. 22, I, I, I got you. 22, 10, and 9, near triple-double, coming off a historic triple-double of 40, uh, oh, oh, yeah. 40 Huffle, points. Huffle. Huffle. I thought you were talking about game three right away. So, Huffle. no, no, no. So, game... Game four, another near triple-double. So Jimmy Butler's playing on a different level, and it was nice to see Bam Adebayo come back. And there, you saw that video resurfacing of Goran Dragic, who was basically like dying to come back, but unfortunately he couldn't, and that video went viral mm. of him just looking like he's in major pain, not from the actual leg pain, but not being able to be on the court in the NBA Finals, especially from this postseason run that he's had. Yeah. It sucks to see. So they don't have a ball. They don't have a ball distributor. They don't have a solid point guard who's running the ball right now. So they got Jimmy doing that. And despite that, they lost by a few points. Um, they it was a three-point game, and then AD hit that dagger. So again, when it comes to Miami Heat, they're down three-one. If the historic, if the team that had the most three-one returns and the Denver Nuggets couldn't do it against the Lakers, I don't know if if the if they if the Miami Heat could could do it you know they might win the next game especially with with bam being on his second game back he'll feel a bit more in game form
0: he did look good last um, night though like yeah. bam looked like he was back to himself i don't know what kind of steroids or pain injectors they put into him because like that <laughs> shoulder injury sounded like it was painful but yeah not not interject. just didn't want to say he did look yeah. like bam looked like bam no i
1: think i think at the rate that they're going uh they're putting more respect into their name which they weren't doing in games one and two and i like seeing it, it makes it makes the series more fun and i'm looking forward to seeing next game because they look they look focused and they know that they were at the cusp of, cusp of another win uh but they couldn't you know keep
0: it together and and ad again that man is on another level right now yeah what but are your thoughts i was gonna say just like in this fight or the the win that miami had and then just like the fact that they're showing a little bit more fight uh going off last night i think one of the big things like he touched on ad he looked straight up dominant game one and two and then miami switched up their defense in game three they went they scrapped the zone and went straight up like i like we're gonna go down swinging let's let's go to our man-to-man and they bodied up you know took away ad's airspace mark jackson of all people touched on it last night began fronting him you know like digging in hard when he's in the post um really putting a body on them and despite like obviously the size disadvantage Miami like their their man-to-man defense was basically like with the philosophy like ah you're gonna feel us even if like you're bigger than us and it worked it worked in uh, game three giving them that spark and Jimmy just pushed him over the edge but the all props to Jimmy for like that Herculean effort at game three but just the very fact that he had to do all that and he scraped by with a win kind of told us the story of the series right and you know they got banned back that was huge but like you were saying Dragic like a lot of people underrate the fact that like yeah he was the sixth man coming off the bench this season but in the playoffs they inserted him back in the lineup just because in a tight playoff series and it's you know in a in a situation where you're seeing the same team over and over again you need as much playmaking and um creation possible in the lineup and arguably besides Bam and Jimmy, like Dragic is the best one there to do it for Miami. You know, like all the other guys, like Kendrick Nunn, I saw he had some good hoops or good baskets last night, but he's still like an undrafted rookie. Um, Tyler Hero, he's a story Mm -hmm. like Cinderella story of the playoffs. And like I was, I, I can't say it enough. I really do see like some kind of Devin Booker like potential in him. But right now it's just, he's a 20 year old kid and he's not exactly efficient, but his his game is smooth, bro. Like, last night, you saw, like, he had a couple of floaters that was just, like, should have had no shot of going in. You know, like, yeah. similar to how, like, sometimes Rondo had those flo- floaters, like, ironically enough, playing on the other team. But Tyler Hero, I was like, okay, I didn't know he had that in his bag. But yeah. Here's a quick stat for Tyler
1: Hero. Um, Tommy Beer, shout out to Tommy Beer, put the stat out last night. He is one of five players to score two hundred and fifty points under twenty at under the age of twenty one in I believe he said the NBA finals. Um I could be wrong on that, but the other names are on that list are Kobe, Magic, Tatum and Hold up. And Tony Parker. Those are elite names to, to be in the same class as. So it's not unexpected for him to try to keep up that that kind of production so I'm excited to see where Tyler Hare comes up next especially with Jimmy Butler's what how old is he now 32
0: 31 I think but he was like season that.
1: start yeah something like that but like it's a good combination to have moving forward and they might end with Bam obviously this is a solid a very very solid very strong team for the next couple of years right now uh but yeah not, not to cut you off there
0: no I mean I was pretty much good on what I said about Tyler Hero, a little puppy dog. Like, I saw a dude I follow on Twitter. He's probably known to, like, the NBA Twitter folks, Dragonfly Jones. He said um, that fucking... Like, I'm paraphrasing, but he tweeted something like, Tyler Hero and dude, that smirk, cut that shit out, bro. Like, dude, at least a few <laughs> years later when you got some facial hair. <laughs> he, it, I don't know. Like, it was, it was
1: adorable. <laughs> and, and you mentioned, Eo, you mentioned Mark Jackson. Did you catch his... His one-liner from last night's game that, that made headways throughout Twitter. Um, nah, but... Uh, you, must, you must have missed it. It was, a, it was a key pivotal point in the game. Tyler Hero made a basket that might have tied up the game in the fourth quarter with a couple minutes left to go. Mm-hmm. This man, Mark Jackson, comes out. You know, timeout. It comes out. And then his final thing before it goes to commercial break is Tyler Hero. A hero is more than just a sandwich. I swear to God, a hero is more than a sandwich. And then it went to commercial break, like as if that was <laughs> Yo, this meant Mark Jack- a
0: classic line by Mark Jackson. <laughs> you think like, he- Mama, there goes that sandwich. He stayed up the night before, <laughs> probably on Facetime with his wife, and like just writing down one liners he could say. He's like, "What do you think about this? Mm. This, yeah, this is the one, right? The hero one. All right." His wife, she's looking at him like, a, like a death glare. Like, all right, you could say that if you want to. <laughs> what are you doing, Mark? I mean, hey. People, people it's maybe harsh, but people ask why ask why he's not getting coaching interviews or jobs. I mean, shit. Tell me you a GM and you hear that you're gonna be like, ah, right, that's the guy I want to interview. Mm-hmm. This is the guy I want to spend like a two hours on a random Sunday to take over, talk about taking over my franchise. Get the fuck out of here. Like, Mark Jackson is exactly where he needs to be. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, shit. not bro. on the next good Knicks. guy. Um, yeah. I did want to kind of touch on some things. Uh, I'm reading an article right now from The Ringer. They're kind of doing a recap of the game last night. And um, one of the things that they're pointing out that, like, really does make sense looking back on last night is they, coming off Jimmy's big game, L.A. kind of, like, gave him the defensive attention that, like, a normal team would do to LeBron, ironically enough. You know, we're talking about how similar Jimmy Jimmy's stat line, uh, big stat line on game three was to, a, like, Legendary LeBron performances, and in fact, that was the first time. Like, did you? I don't know if you mentioned it, but it was the first time a player actually beat LeBron in all those statistical mm. categories in a in a Finals game. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it makes sense that LA would kind of uh, shift their defense uh, focus and scheme to just be like, all right, we'll build a wall, and you know, treat Le- Jimmy like he's their LeBron, which he basically is. Yeah. You
1: know? And let's let let's pause for a second there, because <clears throat> what, what was the exact thing he? Jimmy Butler was the first player in any Finals game history that scored more points, had more rebounds, and more assists than LeBron James. Yep. Can you can you imagine? Can you believe how insane that is? I mean that's spe- that's that. for Le- for LeBron, That speaks exactly. more to LeBron that's James' legacy. He played what 50 games in the NBA Finals against the greatest players of all. Uh, like some of them, some of them are some of the greatest players of all time. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Butler was the first player in his seventeenth, in LeBron's seventeenth year, to
0: have done that. That's yeah. Let's put that that's in insane. even more perspective. Let's list like some of the names that LeBron's seen in the finals: Kawhi, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Dirk Nowitzki. Um, fucking obviously the Warriors: KD, Kev- Steph, Kevin Durant, play, Steph Curry. Exactly. It, it's ridiculous. Damn. You know what I mean? And I mean that, and the very fact that it speaks to just like his longevity. Ten finals appearances, bro. Like. My biggest like uh, pet peeve about that is like it takes away just like that beautiful three six mafia joke you can make about LeBron fans. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that that's over and done with. There's no such thing as a four six mafia, yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's you could take it from that that I I I would I'm believing L A closes this out. Um, LeBron, who he, knowing who he is. Um, he's like a shark that you know smells blood in the water. He he's gonna want to close this out, and I think you know Miami fought valiantly. I mean, I'm hoping like I'm obviously rooting for Miami like on an emotional level. I don't have any issue if the Lakers win. That they're, they're doing it for Kobe, it'll be a major major victory. But you know, if they could if Dragic can come back to really kind of make it more of a series, that would be beautiful. You know, like just let's take it to six or seven. I doubtful it goes seven. Highly lucky go goes six, you know, so I'm thinking yes. L.A. closes it out, and we see LeBron ring number four. Can't argue that. Yeah, and then after that. Who,
1: who do you think's gonna, Who do you think would win Finals
0: MVP if the games ended yesterday? Um, I mean, just touching on what I mentioned earlier, AD looked like he was putting up Shaq numbers in the first two games, and then that kind of tapered off in game three and a little bit of game four. Um, I think overall I'd get rid of LeBron, and I think – a lot of the NBA media is going to give it to LeBron too, just because like the narrative thing. And a lot of them have been hearing for months now at this point that a lot of a lot of them probably voted Giannis for MVP, right? So right now for months, even weeks, they've been hearing a lot of flack for giving the MVP to Giannis. So this would probably be like a makeup award. And they'll probably sell it as like, oh, LeBron's year 17, 36 or 35 or whatever. Um, AD's got a years ahead of him to win more finals MVP you know so that's how I think it's going to go it's going to be like a narrative based award and you can't really argue with LeBron you know he's pretty much still like hovering around triple double averages in the finals Mm -hmm. and say what you will about the bubble and like the different circumstances that's still impressive you know and yeah and that's not that's not that's one of his worst stat lines too for an NBA
1: finals when you think about it it's crazy legit crazy Um,
0: they want to say about the bubble I know we've been using it as a caveat in terms of what we're seeing in terms of player performances, but I did see some good points from I don't know where the outlet was or who the writer was on Twitter, but it was just like it wasn't even writers. I think it was just reporters in general were saying this bubble is majorly uh, is a major strain on players just because, like, in a regular playoff situation, there's still in a regular playoff situation in a non-pandemic era, which is like every era before this, these players were able to you know enjoy the city you know be out and about see their family you know what I mean um this basically they've been locked in one place for three months in a situation that a lot of them are have been far removed from you know you like a lot of these players like LeBron when's the last time he's been like able to walk freely on a campus without like fans hounding him for autographs you know so on a small level like that it's a huge change to their lifestyle you know it's like they're cooped up um th- i mean they're, they're at a fucking disney resort to so us regular people that's like that's a vacation but to multimillionaires that are kind of used to like they're having their freedom and shit kind of being cloistered and like shackled up in a situation like that and amidst the pandemic and what's going on in the country i think I'm, i don't want to say it's um it means the bubble is like the same stakes as a regular playoff situation but i also want to kind of throw that in there that like okay maybe it's not like an automatic like um asterisk on this championship right i don't don't even yeah i I never really bought the idea of asterisk championships championships anyway because zach Lowe on espn says there's injuries every year in the playoffs every year there's a major injury like you can't say one title isn't is worth less than another just because like injuries or whatever that's just the name of the game you know what i mean so like Mm -hmm. with that same token i'm I'm not gonna see this championship as an asterisk i'm probably leaning more towards seeing it as an impressive feat now given that all we know about the bubble what's going on in the world and the very fact that a lot of these veteran players like they don't get to see their kids you know or like now it's only recently they get to see their kids but you know there's only a limited amount of people allowed in the bubble yada 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 they, they don't see the same amount of folks and like loved ones that they would when in a normal situation so just want to throw that out there um if you want to kind of pivot away from the finals this is a cup of coffee some brief some like easily digestible in the morning do you have any thoughts on uh, the Doc rivers to philly hire that came kind of quick
1: yeah, man. Man was fired and hired in the span of like what three days. <laughs> he went he went from coast to coast, got a whole new job. Um, I think it's a good hire. I think they they finally have a coach who has championship caliber on a team that desperately needs it because I feel like they're at uh, they're at a point where they might collapse as a team, mm. uh, especially with this past you know playoffs performance, which they did horribly, but thinking you had the injury to Ben Simmons and uh, Joel Embiid didn't play as well as he should have and they have a a cast of players who are overpaid and right there they should either be win now mode because they certainly can't rebuild with the money that they spent on these players so Mm. I think they got a coach who is capable of taking them to that next level he's connected back to Tobias Harris who you know last coach that Tobias Harris played under where he played at almost at pretty much an all-star level with the Clippers was Doc Rivers, so point. we see that connection again. We see Doc Rivers going to be there to make sure that the locker room issues, if if any, like aren't a major problem to the team. Possibly, mm-hmm. but I think overall it's a good hire. Um, I think it also takes away Chris Paul's name from the running oh, yeah. to be a part of the Seventy ers because I know the word on the street Seventy Sixers 3 right, right. They were the Sixers were a major, apparently a major player to go after Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. In addition to maybe the Bucks and the Knicks, but it looks like that's probably not going to happen anymore. And this this ties into, you know, Chris Paul's future with with the Knicks possibly. But we'll we'll get to that in a second. But I think obviously it's a good hire. I think his his name was the best name available, and the Sixers got him
0: within days. Eh, I'm a little more lukewarm on the hire just because I mean. First of all, before I begin into that, I did want to say it was it was a big flex for Doc to even say, yo, I was just going to take the year off. And then Philly called. I was like, hey, why not do a visit? And now he has a job. So he literally said that verbatim to a reporter. So I thought that was a big flex. You know, yo, go go get your money. You know what I mean? Like, why well, you got to be on ESPN for a year when you go get another job right away. But, yeah, with the Doc thing, I mean, interesting enough, like, one of the things people were saying, obviously, you yeah, had just touched on it, like, locker room issues. Obviously, there's uh, – we've been hearing the rumors or smoke about, like – uh just differences between uh ben and uh, Embiid, like they don't um kind of genuinely genuinely like each other apparently but they they get along like coworkers. it's like kind of the tone i've seen it referred to between the like like from philly reporters that's how they refer to like the ben and mb relationship and it's just i don't know if like you know we see doc talk about or like we see people talk about doc being the locker room guy but then what just happened with the clippers right everything that came up like right after he got fired and right after the playoff loss is just like it was a clusterfuck in terms of the locker room and then i'm going back to the lob city era like there was a lot of locker room beef brewing there too from all accounts espn reporters of all various natures saying how like cb3 blake and doc it was like a three-way like love triangle of hate and pettiness you know what i mean (laughs) and they just made it work because like they're professionals you know um so it's gonna be I just I don't know. I'm just not really buying into him as that locker room kinda guru anymore. Um, obviously he's got his bona fides as a coach. He's not a bad coach by any means. And yeah, it's probably um with the point that Ben and Embiid are in their careers right now, it probably makes sense to get a guy with that kind of clout to come in and be the voice, you know what I mean? Like a guy with a ring Cause, because, you know, like Embiid we know who he is. He's a, he's like he's just, there's a reason he got along with Jimmy. He's like they're both like alphas, you know, cocky dudes that are just like uh have that self-assuredness excuse me self-assuredness to be like the best player have the work ethic i mean not with Embiid, you know because there's still questions about his fitness mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah i mean i think it's to be seen um i do i, I think it's a, yeah go ahead go ahead. Got, no i was just gonna say no, i was just gonna say <laughs> it's early yeah. it's early it's early i was just gonna throw in i saw some boston uh, uh celtics fans uh most prominent being um Coley Mick of the former mixtape. He was uh he was hyped that Philly got a uh, uh, Doc Rivers and hype as a Boston Celtics fan because you know the division rivals a playoff rivals. So I think that says a lot mm. about a franchise of coaching hires. But now, what, what was you about to say? No, I was just gonna say the only comment that I had to
1: add on was it it would be a nice pivot from Brett Brown to Doc Rivers because Brett Brown, whether you know, he was used to losing. Uh, especially since he had to be there for all the the um, process days with all of those teams with random ass players on their team, constant losing and tanking. Mm-hmm. He 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 was a, a losing coach at the end of it. Whether it's, I mean it's not his fault, yeah. but it was it was a thing. But yeah. Doc Rivers, at the end of the day, is a winner, sort of. Um, at least up not until the the while. conference finals, right? Not for a long. Wait, oh, yeah, that... oh
0: wait, or conference uh, conference semis. <laughs> yeah, I've. I think he's, I don't get me wrong, I think he's a bad coach. I've always been thinking Docker is a little bit overrated. I just think he owes his his entire reputation to KG in the 08. Because that ring um, has been really propping up his legacy for a bit. And he hasn't really won in 12 years, right? So, I don't know. Brett, When you talk about winners, I think Brett Brown, like, obviously not a great coach. Um, I just think, like, the perception of him being a losing coach is just exactly what it is. Perception, because... It did seem like Embiid and Ben Simmons both had a lot of respect for him. Um, My biggest takeaway is they chose between Brett Brown and Elton Brand. Elton Brand being such a new GM, he wasn't going to get fired right away. But his personnel moves have been highly questionable. Big contract with Tobias. Right. Let's not keep Jimmy. Let's not pay him Jimmy. Let's, um, in fact, get Josh Richardson and then give big money to old-ass Al Horford. And I know there was some, like, praise for that move just being like oh Horford is one of the two people aside from Giannis that could uh, uh give Embiid some problems you know what I mean so let's just bring him onto our team and we'll always have a quote-unquote all-star center on the floor like you could have one on the bench the other one like coming off and I I saw all that but it's also like yeah, he was still old as shit and they gave him like 72 mil or like not even like a lot of millions you know what I mean over multiple years <laughs> and that's just yeah. Elton Brand like it's It was questionable. And then we saw what happened this season, and I saw a report that, like, Doc and Elton Brown are going to work closely on personnel moves. And given what we know about Doc's track mm-hmm. record as the president mm-hmm. when he was in the Clippers, it was just bad moves all around. His tendency was just to, like, oh, okay, I played against you when I was in Boston. You're, you're, you're on the team now. Glenn Big Baby Davis, Jeff Green, um, fucking yada, yada, yada. Like, names like that. Like, Jamal Crawford, because he, when he was in Boston, he went against Jamal Crawford when he was on the Hawks in those series. It's like, so if that kind of comes back in the, in the frame, except in Philly, with Doc having that kind of personnel say, I hope that's exactly what it is. I think it's just like, I hopefully, it's just like for Philly's fans' sakes. Like, hopefully, it's just like, oh, Elton Brand asking for some advice, but I just don't think it's smart to give him that much power. Um. But yeah, on that right. note, with regards to GM moves and stuff, let's kind of pivot to the Knicks' rumors. You yep.
1: know, um, we only have a few more minutes left to go. Go ahead to um,
0: yeah, touch on that. If you so, got
1: some- I mean, the the general rumors that we're getting are aren't new. We are hearing more about Chris Paul. We're seeing or apparent. We're getting apparent reports from Mark Berman that um, the Thunder don't prefer Frank Ntilikina and Dennis Smith Jr. and prefer Kevin Knox instead. We're also seeing more reports that the Knicks might be more interested in Victor Oladipo, <laughs> um, and we're seeing. I think, I think those are the two major names that we're, we're seeing right now connected with the Knicks. I, I saw some bullshit report that – actually, no, it wasn't a report. Some some dumbass, I think it was NBA Central on Twitter, uh, saw that Mark Berman put on a trade machine that the Knicks could get Paul George and then tweeted out, report. They sold it as a report. <laughs> Paul George, uh, possible – yeah, he called it a report. He's I, like, Paul George, possible <sighs> trade option for the Knicks. And it's like, no, he just put him on a trade machine. That's not a report.
0: But... Exactly, I read that fucking post article Mark Berman was just going through, like tr- like you said, trade machine scenarios that he like he, he would expect or he, he assumes would be possibilities. There was no sourcing or reporting in that article. It was just like a hypothetical thing. So, fucking, right. what was it? Uh, Sports Central, Legion of Hoops, or whatever the fuck? NBA Central. It was one of those random Twitter accounts was, tweeted that, right? It was NBA Central. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Fuck, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the motherfuckers aren't, don't report news anyway. They just aggregate news they see from reporters and they tweet it out. You know what I mean? So, like... Right. Nothing from nothing that comes from that account is legitimate anyway, but especially this. Like, whatever. Um, but yeah, like you touched yeah, so on the, big rumor yesterday, the Oladipo news. Yeah, those those
1: came from right. Those come from an actual source. Mark Berman is an actual source now. Or he has actual sources
0: being a reporter, you know?
1: Correct. Yeah. So the the third item I want to mention is uh, Ian Bagley. Shout out to Ian was on Locked On Knicks show yesterday um, with Alex and Gavin, and one thing that he, the one point that he made that I think stood out to most people was that no one really knows what's out. no one outside the organization of the Knicks front office really knows what's going on, or what the plan
0: is, so I, I know you had a theory about that, so what's what's your take? I mean, it's not really a theory, it's just going off like what we just saw happen with the tips thing, remember it was like, we saw one day news comes out, they're quibbling amongst uh, the details of the contract four years versus five years the Knicks wanted to give Tibbs four Tibbs wanted five so that same day news leaks that oh i think it was Stefan bondy that had it oh the, the nicks prefer kid actually he's their number one prime candidate and then what happened the day after tibbs officially announced five-year deal it's like we're seeing kind of like these leaks given what you just said about what that came from Bagley, like, nobody really knows anything except, like, the inner circle. These leaks are, like, purposeful in nature, you know? Like, that's what you and I had been assumed from the start, just given, like, the fact that Leon and Wes are these connected guys that have these, uh, like, you know, the, a, a broad network of people to leak shit to, and, like, get word out. So, this is, I think this is exactly what it is. Like, I think they're right now in the middle of, like, a negotiation behind the scenes with OKC up for CP3, and, you know negotiations especially amongst like billion or billion dollar franchises will get testy so it's just like a it's like a a chess move so to speak like okay we'll just publicly put out there to our fans that like oh we prefer Ola Depot because we he's younger and we don't want to give up the farm for CP3 yada 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 and then what happens a couple hours later right same day right like i mean i know it's 2020 news comes at a rapid pace but it was the same day like news comes out that uh oh. OKC doesn't want Frank or DSJ. They prefer Knox and they want a young player and a, a draft pick, you know? Like, so boom, like the offer right there, I, I can kind of see it coming into fruition. Randall, Knox, the 27th pick, you know? I think that's what it'll end up being. So my takeaway is basically the Oladipo, like, news was a, like, a intended leak to just, you know, negotiate in public and get, the like, quote unquote, leverage over OKC, you know? Um, and i just I just want to say, on a side note, it would be such a dumb move to even really entertain Ola Depot as a possibility. same way it would be a dumb move to get a kid like that's if if Leon Rose legitimately wants to get like Ola and give up assets for him, I'm just gonna be turned off from his gming like ten year right away. That's just a dumb move period. He's coming off of bad injuries, he has an expiring contract, so we could give away assets for a guy that could leave for nothing, and he's damaged goods hmm. because even before the hmm. injury, his numbers after that all star season went back down to like his regular O K C Orlando rate. Like he was not that that guy anymore. Then he blew his knee. That's a bad combo. On the downturn and coming off a major injury, like if we legitimately want to give up assets for him and we prefer him as a target, then what are we even doing here? Like why have we been spending yeah. months like bigging up Leon and Wes if this is what we comes down to. But that yeah. I, that's that's assuming it's legitimate. I don't think it's legitimate. Hopefully. Yeah. As you can see. And um it's not just Leon
1: who we're, we're talking, uh, talking up, but it's also why would we sign Victor Oladipo with the cast base that we got on after trading... Kristaps Porzingis, who was coming off a major Wait, space injury at the age of,
0: you, you mean trade for him, right? We we,
1: we trade we traded for we traded for we traded away KP to open up cast space and more flexibility because he was a 22 yeah. year old who was coming off a major injury. Why would we sign a 28, 29 year old who's also coming off a major injury? Well, that sign as the guy to take be, up all that cap space.
0: That's that's the thing. We'll be trading for him, so the angle would be we'd be using. Well, we're
1: so we're still giving up the assets that we got. Yeah, the, assets, from exactly, KP. the assets from the KP trade right. on a so, on an
0: older less. Let lesser player, basically.
1: Yeah. Right. So I mean, uh, obviously, I, uh, you and I both hope that that's all, you know, just nonsense that they just gave to Stephen Bondi. They, like, yo, just get, just give it to Steve. Let him, let him leak the shit out, uh, and let, Berman, let Berman get this one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let let, let give Berman this one. Give Steve this one. Let them, you know, talk their talk. But I, th- this organization doesn't strike me as, I mean, this front office doesn't strike me as one that would have. Leaks, unless it's intentional. So, yeah, you, you and I are both on the same page. It's it's it's, it's intentional, and uh, there it's a it's a move, and it's from the move. It seems like they actually are interested in Chris Paul, um, and not not Oladipo is is my take. I think the Chris Paul to the Knicks possibility is one hundred percent real, and uh, that trade, the the players that you just mentioned is has a very good chance of leaving the Knicks very soon. Randall, twenty seventh pick, and uh, and Knox. If there's anything more than that that's a whole another
0: conversation. Well, what was it again? You said Randall Knox in a 27th pick. Yeah, and I'm saying if there's anything more than that on top of that, what about uh, that's another What about uh, Charlotte second la- next year? Is that literally too much? I still don't well, I still see the angle where that's too much, you know? Like I think that's as right, far as I'll go, but yeah.
1: I mean, when it comes down to negotiation, we have to see who else are suiting or who else is considered a suitor for Chris Paul. I don't think the Bucks are an actual suitor and Sixers are off the table right now. I don't think OKC really wants to hold on to Chris Paul for that much longer because they really are in that rebuild mode. Um, hmm. I, I think we're one of the few teams that are going after Chris Paul. I don't think we need to get rid of more picks. But again, we had, we've had this conversation many, many times, and we're probably going to have it many more times. Um, but I think we should wrap up this episode of the Cup of Coffee we hope you guys enjoyed it, and enjoy the rest of your morning and the rest of your day. Again, this is October seventh, uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at Nickish Show, Sportscaster at Nickish Show. Subscribe on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And today's Wednesday, so that means tonight we're gonna have another edition of Nickish at Night with a new guest. So be sure to check that out. It's a live stream, and um, we'll be posting on our Instagram of more updates. So stay tuned for that. In any case, we hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day and stay safe. Hopefully, you registered to vote, and um, yeah, have have a have a great day. Peace. Peace.